Hello and welcome to another episode of the Profits and Prana podcast. My name is Esme. I'm a yoga teacher and business coach, and I am dedicated to helping purpose-driven entrepreneurs create their prosperous B-I-Z. And today I have a really interesting episode for you. Today I'm talking with Letitia Robb. She is a soul coach, author of two fantastic books, and she is all about helping you become in tune with who you are, what your greater purpose is, and using that to guide your life. We talk about some really interesting things today. We talk about knowing who you are. We talk about figuring out your purpose. We talk about writing books. We talk about reincarnation. And she has a really interesting life story. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to the interview and I'm going to let you hear all of the really interesting, fascinating things that we're talking about here today. Thank you so much for tuning in and let's get right to it. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode, Letitia. It's a delight to have you here. Thank you for having me, Esme. I really appreciate being here. Thank you so much. So you are a soul coach and a manifesting queen. And I think that's kind of a really powerful statement. And so I want to talk to you first about what that means for anybody who's listening to this podcast. So what is a manifesting queen? What is a soul coach? And how can people start to manifest a little bit more of what they want in their own lives? Well, thank you for asking those questions, because that's really a great way to get started into who I am. I am a soul coach. And what a soul coach is, is someone who identifies with the entity that is living this particular life. See, a lot of people go to life coaches. But if you understand what your soul is, what your soul's purpose is, and what you're doing on this earth, then you start to get the life thing a lot easier. Um, So in my studying, I came across a lot of soul information, which has prompted me to learn about quantum physics, metaphysics, and it brought me to this point in my life now as a soul coach. Um, Because I'm a soul coach, I am very, very aware and understanding of the universal laws. And by applying the universal laws is how you're able to manifest. So I am the manifest queen because all of the things that I've been through in my life, I use those as stepping tools and I've owned the knowledge and I've turned around and applied it. And by applying it, the actual evidence is in my life from the things that I'm able to manifest using the universal laws. That's really interesting. So what what type of universal laws are you talking about here? I am talking about the law of reciprocity. I'm talking about the law of attraction. I am talking about the law of karma and the law of grace. Um, In my second book that I wrote called What You Don't Know About Your Soul, I have a entire chapter dedicated to the universal laws and the ones that mean the most to me. There's lots of universal laws, but like the ones I just named and then like the law of free will, a lot of people were here have a lot of possibilities to the way that our lives can go, but there's also the law of free will. So we plan these things before we get here. And, and so with the law of free will, you as well as other people involved in the plan have a choice to choose that, that, that path or not. 
So these laws all go together in a sense. They're not amendable laws like the laws of the land. These are true and real to the universe, the multiverse. And so when we start to follow those rules is when we're able to see the results. I think this is really interesting. I mean, especially the concept that we have a plan before we get here, that we can plan these things out. I think that's so interesting. And how, how are you able to work with people through some of those realizations as a coach? Because I'm sure you have encountered resistance from oh, people when they first come to you. Most definitely. A lot of people come to me with a religious background. And so they say, if God is so real or if God is so good, why did he allow me to have these issues? And I kind of give them a story that doesn't have anything to do with their particular situation, but I talk about compassion. And I say, imagine if the, a person who experienced a lack of compassion throughout their life, they end up being the most compassionate person in the world. Um, love, when a person is not loved, they end up being the most loving person, the most philanthropic person. They're the people who, when you experience a lack of, you kind of become it. And so in heaven, imagine all of our souls are in heaven and we are listening to the most beautiful tapestry and we are surrounded by the most beautiful light. But if we've not experienced darkness or bad music, how can we truly appreciate what it is that we have? And so our individual experiences in our bodies are training modes. They are lessons that we've we planned for us to overcome or to have the actual knowledge of compassion love and grace and all of the other things that our souls need to know in order to stay with god and i think a lot of people have this this different concept of being born with a soul than just having to and you have a soul but then having to also learn lessons I think a lot of people just perceive lessons as a human experience, not one that can go with you. Oh, no, that these these lessons are recorded in the soul's memory. And so um, even we bring certain karma and issues from our previous lives with us because the soul is continuing to learn. And so as that previous lifetime has ended, didn't mean that the lessons end. It means that you start again as a baby in another body and another life, yet your lessons shall continue. And what you do in your previous life sets up your next life. So a lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm a person of accolades. I love accolades. I love to do things and get rewarded for it. And I could imagine my soul wanting to split Meaning that, you know, there's some souls who are have who are in two bodies right now in two different parts of the world trying to elevate faster by having two experiences. Um, but when you are on this earth, you can elevate, you can backtrack or you can stay the same each life. How did you come into spirituality? So is this something that you grew up with innately and did you have talks about the lessons that souls were learning around the dinner table when you were young, or is this something that you came to when you were older? 
I grew up as a Christian um, and a Baptist. Well, first it was Church of God in Christ. My grandfather and grandmother were the pastor and first lady of a church. And then I, my mom moved us on to Baptist. So we were very religious growing up. And so this was not something, a concept that was talked about in my, in my household. We were pretty much told of the fate of heaven and hell. And, you know, that's it. Um, when I was going through my spiritual journey in about about the year 2005, I started to search for myself what God was, not just kind of what I was being taught. And I learned about the word paradigm. And then when I learned about the word paradigm, it started to make sense to me that the ideas and the morals and the beliefs that I had were simply given to me. They were not my own. And I wanted my own paradigm. And so during the worst part of my human life was, which I want to say that it, it, it was because I was homeless. I had four children and we were really in a bad place materially. I was learning the most spiritually. And um, that's what prompted me to learn quantum physics and, and metaphysics. And um, I really went down the rabbit hole uh, of knowledge. So I probably touched on every topic from aliens to uh, conspiracy theories and I, I, I stuck on spirituality and souls because I figured that was the most knowledge that we as a race a human race needed to understand in order for us to elevate and to live on this earth for, for years to come so you've had a journey that that has brought you here I think that's something a lot of people are going to resonate with I and mean, we haven't all had an easy life and I'm sure some people listening have experienced homelessness and other forms of despair. So how did you have that light bulb moment? I love the question. So when you're at your bottom, when you have no, you can't look down, you only can look up and you only can look within. And during this time, I was having some, some out of body and wonderful spiritual experiences with synchronicity. And, um, and synchronicity is one of the first things that you have to start to recognize in your life for you to start being able to manifest things and to basically build your faith to understand that God is here and he uses people and moments and you know numbers and symbols and lots of things to help guide you to help making the right choices. So I was being wowed by synchronistic, amazing events at my lowest point. When I had $5 to feed everybody for the, for the week, I was in a spiritual bliss of something that I can't really explain. And it was me knowing that this was the beginning to the end of this disparity. And so the more that I studied, the more things started to change. Um, and I just realized that to have a spiritual connection means to believe what it is that you are feeling. And how did that realization come to impact the work that you do? And how did you decide that you needed to share that? Because some people would just keep that all to themselves, like all of the lessons that they've been learning. But you decided to share and you have three books out right now. And why did you decide to go that route? And writing books are not easy. They're not quick. Building a career around this is neither easy or quick. And you could have taken the easy path and just kept all of this to yourself. Yes. And when you learn about what our soul, your soul's purpose is, you understand that your soul is here to help someone. 
It's to, it, that's simple as, as simple as it is. Everyone's purpose is to help someone. And this knowledge that I acquired is priceless. And it, it, it was my duty. It's a sin to not share this. And the best way to share it in my opinion was a book because I could go around and talk till I'm blue, blue in the face, but how many people would I, would I reach, you know, and how, how strong would the message be each time? And so it was put in me to create a book so that it can be reached around the world and people can pick it up when they're ready. And I necessarily didn't have to be there, but so many people could be able to find it and, and to deal with it. So it was my obedience in actually being a help to others in writing the books and and knowing that that's how I continue to stay blessed is to be a blessing to others. And so it is it's imperative that I share what I know and and to be a teacher in this in this world right now. I I love that. So I'm wanting to help and serving. That's why I do what I do. That's why a lot of people who listen to this podcast do what they do. But there is also this disconnect that a lot of people in our industry of yoga, wellness, spirituality, of wanting to serve and not wanting to accept money for it because getting paid for our services and our knowledge creates this barrier and limits the amount of people that you can help. So how did you come to sharing your knowledge and also making a career about it while doing so in a soulful and authentic way that isn't scammy. It's not inauthentic to who you are and you're not acting like a used car salesman. You're, you're making a living, but still helping people. I love it. Okay. So in my first book, turn on the lights so you can see one of the light switches that I, so that first book is about changing the way you think so you can change your life. Okay. And so one of my best and favorite light switches is intention versus deed. You are not blessed for what you do. You are blessed for why you do it. And so God put us on this earth to be blessings to others. So if, if we focus on the blessing part, the money part would be a byproduct of it. So the universe feels and sees the intention. The world may or may not, but as long as God is, is, knows the intention behind the deed, because everybody has a deed, and everybody's going to do something to earn something. It's about, my intention for helping people was just in, it, to help people. If one person read my book and got helped, great. You know, this is, this is not the only thing that I do to sustain my life and my family, but I know eventually um, I, I've asked God it specifically to let my purpose work be what I do only and my family and my life be as well taken care of as I, as I need it to be. And I'm not asking for money for what I'm doing, but I'm simply saying that I want to be such a blessing to the world that I don't have to worry about anything financial. I love that you put it in that perspective. But a lot of people, when they start to go down this path of sharing their acquired wisdom, aren't quite there yet. So do you have any exercises that you use with your clients to help them understand it's okay to make a comfortable living while living your purpose? Yes. And my, my favorite one is if God has mansions, riches, and gold paved streets, 
in heaven for us, why doesn't he have them here for us on earth? He actually does. And when, when we remove our conscious from the earthly plane to the spiritual plane, there's, there's no confusion. And so we have to stop being people pleasers and stop worrying about opinion, but to just keep our eyes and our focus on what God's opinion of our heart is. And, and, and the proof is in the belief. When you really believe that, then you will go forth without any worries or qualms because you understand what you're doing and you know that God understands you as well. We cannot move in this earth with the opinions of others um, justifying how we do things. Let's talk about your books. You've written two books that are published. You have one that's coming out. And I know that writing books is something a lot of people are really interested in doing. So it's something that I've been interested in doing. I, I have a book that was published, revised edition coming out, and it takes a lot of work, a lot of energy. And how are you able to publish so many books at this point? You'll be having three soon and still get anything else done. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. Well, the, it hasn't happened overnight. I'll tell you that. My first book came out at the end of 2013. My second book came out at the end of 2015. And my next book will probably be out. I'm going to push for the beginning of 2017. So I do, I will say that you need a couple of years be, between each book. Um, I wrote my books when I felt led by the spirit to add more content. I just didn't do it as a chore. So I didn't do it like I had a deadline and, and you know, this was life or death. I did it with the most calm feelings that I could have in writing it. it when I, if I wanted to write two pages or 20, that however I felt is how I did. So the book, the, it, there's a calm vibe to the book when you read it and it's it feels open and and happy and and that's really the the vibe I wanted to put into the work um I didn't realize how much work it was when I first started I, I really started writing as a journal kind of just to help me process life and the things that I had been through and one day God said turn it into a book and I said I turned it into a book okay so I continued to write the way I was writing in the journal since. And then I had an editor help me to make it make sense and for a read, for a, a full book read. And the editing process really, really lets you know what you're made of when you, when you write a book because it really helps you focus on what you're trying to say and helps you bring out the best of your articulation. Um, second book was a lot easier to write because I had that first book experience. So um, what I do now in my books is I come up with the title and all of the chapters. I, ha I have to know what my how my story is going to end or what I'm you know what I'm actually getting at before I start writing because it really helps me focus on the content rather than just going on and on and on. Um, and then when I make all of my chapter names. I'm able to focus on a certain topic whenever I'm feeling like it. I don't have to write the book in, you know, a chronological order, so to speak. Yeah, I think, you know, what you're saying about having, you know, the chapters mapped out, that sounds really similar to the way I do my writing. So I like to start with, um, I make a list, just 
you know, a, a numbered list, and I just sort of like throw everything that I have in my brain on the topic onto the page. And then I'll, I'll rearrange and it's like, okay, well, this is an obvious chapter, and so this can go in this bit. And then from there, if, you know, for example, I've been working on uh, the revised edition of my, my book, which is about uh, how to manage a coffee shop. And when I was finishing it, and it's off, off to the editor right now, I was going through and I was like, okay, well, I really don't want to talk about profit and loss statements today, but, oh, I can work on this other chapter instead. And I, I totally agree with you. Having the chapters already mapped out can make it so much easier. Most definitely. It really does. And, and then you're able to flow a lot better. And to the day you're ready to talk about profit and loss, you're going to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That day didn't come, um, but I had to do it anyway. So um, I liked that you did it, though, when, when the spirit moved you to do it. You didn't have those tight deadlines. You weren't sitting there going, all right, it's 10 a.m. I have to write now. Because I really think the reader can tell when a book is written that way. Absolutely. And I mean, honestly, it's so much, you, you're communicating with the reader. So even if they're not sitting there with you as you're writing it, they're going to pick up on the vibration that that book had. You know, um, my second book, What You Don't Know About Your Soul, my, my niece, my 18-year-old niece was murdered. Oh and, my God. And um, yeah, no, it was such a unbelievable moment in, in my family's life and I had been studying all of this soul information for for so long and there was certain times I would talk to people about it and they would think I was crazy and so it was just wasn't time for me to talk about it the minute that my niece got murdered um, my family you know we were super shocked and that evening I poured out the title dedication, the foreword, and all the title chapters that evening. And I believe that it was God's push or prompt for me to say, now is the time that the world is ready to what you know. It sounds like you're really receptive to seeing signs and messages that this is the time to do something. Because I don't know how many people would have used that moment. So I'll tell you what, what, it, what the moment is and how you can do it. And people, we don't use it, but it's there. It's something called the feeling language. And the feeling language, first of all, let me take it back to, our, uh, to verbal communication. Verbal communication is only 7% of communication. So that means that there's 93% of other ways that we are communicating and being communicated with besides verbal communication. With that being said, However good you can articulate to whatever your audience is verbally is how well you're able to communicate verbally to them. But there, there's, you know, there's body language, there's, there's energy, moods. I mean, there's so much going on. There's so many feelings that are racing through us all the time that we really ignore. I have focused on the feeling language, especially when I started to see the synchronistic moments in my life. I started to understand those feelings. Oh, that means this. Oh, this means that. The day my, actually my first book came out that day that my niece got murdered and I was very lethargic the night before and I was walking around the house very, very heavy, but nothing was wrong with me. And I was just wondering why did I feel so heavy? And I thought maybe I'm just having anxiety because my book is coming out and it's my first published book, but it wasn't anxiety. It didn't feel like anxiousness. And, and then I found out that my niece was murdered. So 
I stored that feeling in my brain as death, the feeling of death, because I've never, I've never, never felt it or experienced it before. You, I get feelings of, of stirred up energy when it's time to um, move careers or clients or, you know, stop working on something or with someone. There's an energy that I actually physically feel. And we all do, but we just don't, we don't write it down in our brains as what that felt like and what that actually meant. And if we actually take time to understand the feelings that we get when certain things happen and understand that when that feeling comes again, something like that is happening or going to happen, then you start to start to live in a physical and spiritual world at the same time. That's, I think, very powerful concept for people. How, and how do you... How do you bring that forth in, into your everyday life when you aren't necessarily ready to be listening and looking for that energy? Well, there's, there's levels to it is what I like to say. So first thing is acceptance and belief. If you don't understand this or have really studied yourself worthy and, and read some things and made sense of some things before you accepted this is true, it won't work. It doesn't work, you know, basically it works for people who have read or accepted the concept and then who are open to the lessons that this, this will bring. And how do you know, I don't know if maybe this, this is a question that doesn't quite have a concise answer, how, but how do you know what level you're at? The, the, the levels basically start off with believing in soul reincarnation or not. And so if you believe, then I would want to know how much you believe or what you know about it, because believing it means you have some sort of concept or some sort of idea. Um, not believing, there's a whole nother, you know, there's a barrier there of understanding. So there's a paradigm shift that needs to happen and everything without believing in reincarnation first. Got it. Because not everybody does. It, that is definitely a subject with a lot of passionate opinions on either side. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I believe in it because of several different reasons, but um, for my own personal experiences as a child to um, becoming a spiritual person and doing my own research to going to a shaman and confirming the life cycle number that I'm on, which is 173 and also um, understanding you know, the purpose that I have in this particular life. And so I'm, I'm convinced by my own experiences, not from something that I've read that sounds pretty good. And then a lot of people, you know, it's an individual journey. It's an individual way to reach that point, but, um, but it's there. And if you're listening, if you listen inside, you'll, you'll get the right answers. Yeah, I think we all could use a little more listening inside. When you work with your clients, do you have a specific technique or a method that you use to help people become more open to listening to what's going on inside? <coughs> I'm sorry. No, really, I, I let the spirit lead me. So um, anybody that I encounter, whether it's a client or not, <coughs> excuse me, if I make eye contact with somebody and there's a couple of seconds in between there, I have to speak to them. Um, the universe sets it up that way to where 
you're either there to teach somebody something or to learn from every person that you encounter. So just a quick, hey, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I like your shoes. Oh, I got them here. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a deal and you can, I mean, in the, in the first two, three sentence exchange, there's something for you or there's something for them always. And so I'm pretty organic in that sense. I don't think that this is a textbook type of practice that I do. It's very organic and every person and soul has different ways of being reached or communicated with. So I go in to any conversation with asking God to remove the veil, the veil, and I call it a veil over from, from in front of the soul. Cause I just want to speak to the soul the, the person has their experiences and their reservations. The soul is receptive. And so if I ask the universe to reveal their soul to me before, you know, and this is just with me and the universe, I typically have a very positive response from that soul who is really searching themselves and they're happy that someone's able to open up some doors or to unlock some of the secrets that they already know. And is there something that people can can do every day on their own, either for any anybody, whether they're self-employed, whether they have a quote job <clears throat> where they can start to explore and connect more deeply with their soul and, and even if their soul is receptive as you said often the person is not so is there a, a short exercise that people can do on their own to bring them closer and to help them um, attract more of the types of other souls that they want around them Absolutely. So every morning and every night, I suggest before you go to sleep and before you wake up to do a series of affirmations, affirmations, basically that you agree to and that you are attracting to yourself. Everyone's different. So mine would be today. I'm attracting a wonderful, positive day. Everybody that I encounter today will be good for me. I will either teach them something or they will teach me something. I'm attracting abundance. I'm attracting, you know, whatever it is that you're looking for, you, you, you have those, you have an, an affirmation moment with yourself in the morning before you get out of bed and at, in the evening before you go to sleep, before you go to sleep. Thank you for today. All of the negative energy that I encountered, please take it away. I would like all of my positive energy that was taken from me to be restored to me. Um, and when I wake up in the morning, I will be attracting a wonderful day. I mean, just nothing but positivity. And this is something that people, I suggest that they say to themselves over and over, give thanks to the universe for the day that you had, for the, the health that you have, for any and everything that is good. And just giving thanks daily and asking for good things daily is a great way to start to train yourself to understand that you do have a soul. That is such a great idea. I love that. So I, I was doing affirmations, well, kind of obsessively there for a while, and I fell out of the habit. And I, I love that you're suggesting that. So that's definitely going to be something that I'm, I put in the show notes for people. Uh, do you have a resource of affirmations that I can link up to, or is there a, a favorite book or a deck that you particularly love? 
Yes, I have a friend of mine who's also an author, and she her name is Erica Strong, and her book is called Finishing Strong, and she has a lot of repeat after me's and affirmations in her book. And so, yes, the book is called Finishing Strong by Erica Strong. And that is a great place to start. I have graduated to a point where I, I, I freestyle. So, you know, for instance, I have a foreign exchange daughter and I, I manifested her and she came. And um, so when I, so I freestyle my affirmations because I want to, I'm at that point now where I can attract and, and manifest what, what it is that I want. So I met someone from Spain. And when I decided I wanted to learn all about Spain, I said I wanted to get a, a foreign exchange student and I want her to be from Spain. I wanted a girl because I'm a mother of daughters and that's what I know. And so I said, I want a girl from Spain. I want her to be able to fit into my family wonderfully. I want her to get along great with my daughter and I'm going to attract her and she will be coming for this school year. This was just in July and she came July 23rd and she's here and she's going to school already. And she's the same astrological sign as me, which gets along with my daughter. She's, she's an actress and a singer. My daughter's a musician and a model. I mean, everything that I asked for is who she is. And so it's, it's a really, really awesome thing once you get to that point where you can create the affirmations that you need for your manifestations. Wow. That, I think it's going to be such a great experience for both of you. <laughs> it's so awesome. I love it. And she's teaching us Spanish, and she's just so – this has been her dream for her entire life to come to America. And, you know, it's it, it's just such an awesome experience. I can't wait to see how we grow. But she's been here just over a month. And, you know, we're family already. Oh, that's so beautiful. So beautifully said. And, you know, I think that positive note, and I think this is a really great point to wrap up on. So do you have anything in particular that you want to make sure listeners are taking away from this? If they tuned out the whole rest of the episode because they were at the gym, what is the one thing that you want them to take away from this? This is the one thing that I want everybody to take away from this entire show. Listen to me when I tell you, we don't have the things that we want because we don't truly believe that we can have them. This goes for business. This goes for family, relationships, anything. The belief that the, the amount of faith that is required to have a successful business is far greater than the amount of belief that it takes to just start it. To be successful, to, to realize your dreams, you have to have that amount of belief in what it is that you want for you to see it come into your life. I think that's a really powerful message. And so, so many of us, I mean, we do get started and then things start to go a little, a little bit wrong. And we're like, this isn't for us. Exactly. Or we just, we fail to plan. And that's, that's a lot of the problem. We just start the business. I mean, in my particular case and a lot of people that I know, 
starting businesses is kind of out of necessity because a nine to five won't really give you the freedom and the, you know, that you need, that you want to live the life that you want. So you started a business out of necessity. Great. But if there's no five-year plan, there's no projection for growth, if there's nothing in place, then there's nothing to look forward to. There's no milestones to meet. And there's no belief that this would actually become successful based on no foundation. Very, very true. And so many of us, when we're starting out and, you know, we hit those roadblocks, when we start to go, oh, you know, this isn't for me, then instead of saying, okay, well, maybe I don't have the right foundation, maybe I don't have a good plan, we start to just kind of wallow. Mm. And our, I think very often it's this like you mentioned, belief that we, we can't have it for whatever reason. Like maybe we don't feel like we deserve it. Maybe we feel like, oh, it'll destroy our marriage. And I really, <laughs> I really wish people could be more receptive to the idea that you can, that you can have the business that you want, but you do have to work for it and you also have to believe that you deserve it. And most importantly for me, that it has to be in alignment with who you are, especially with what your soul is all about. Absolutely. You are so right. And just how we believe or just how we say, oh, it's not going to happen or it's not going to be good for this or that. We kind of create it. You know, the universe says, OK, that's what you believe. That's what you get. It's so, so true. So um, last but not least, where can people get more information about you? My website, LaticiaRob.com, L-A-T-I-S-H-A-R-O-B-B.com is the best place to find out more about me, to contact me, to have me come out to speak at your events, to anything, to, to read more interviews, to see me in action. LaticiaRob.com. Even my social media, there's links to Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook there as well. I'm on, I'm Soul Coach Letitia Rob on Facebook. Awesome. I will link up to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been a really interesting episode, and I really hope that our listeners take a lot away from this. I really do as well. I appreciate you having me on and I look forward to some of the feedback. I would love for your listeners to ask you questions to give to me because there's a lot of, this is a new concept, by the way, soul coaching. And I came up with it because I knew that it was a lot more than just a life coach, but I would love to get feedback from your listeners who are more interested in this, um, the type of questions they may have. And I'd like for you to invite me back if possible so we can discuss those questions. That sounds like a great idea. So um, listeners, send forth your questions. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a wonderful conversation. And I hope that one person, just one, at least it would be successful to me if, if, if I reached them with, with, with what I've learned and what I've put out in my books.